Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, he was a summer universiade medalist in 2007. He swam at the University of Indiana. Today, we are sitting down with Ukraine native and now American citizen, Sergei Fasenko. How's it going, Sergei? Oh, everything's fine. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Cincinnati, where I am right now. And I'm glad to see you and all the um, all the people who watch Swim Swim and uh, listen to you guys. Read your Sergey, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us today. Um, first of all, I just want to get a little background on your swim career. Um, your father was an Olympic champion, uh, and then you came to the U.S. You know, you trained in Ukraine in your childhood, came to U.S. swim in Indiana. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what drew you to the U.S. Um, and your experience swimming at Indiana in the early 2000s? Oh, well, um, it was always my dream to go to United States and train here and study. And um, uh, I don't know why, just maybe because uh, United States always uh, on top places of uh, swimming and not only swimming, but in technologies and other things. Uh, so people like me, young people like me, always drawn to United States by some reason. And maybe for, for this reason as well. So me myself uh, also wanted to come, and um, I had this great offer from uh, Ray Luz, Indiana University, that I couldn't turn away. So I did, I did come to Bloomington, and it was uh, probably the greatest part of my life when I was an athlete and when I was swimming for Indiana. Um, it was a great team, and. Uh, I have, still have a lot of friends that I'm communicating with. And it, it was a part of life that kind of made my predetermined my stay here in the United States, I'll say. Yeah, that's I, that's really great to hear. And not only that you swam for Ray Luz, but that it was such a pivotal and enjoyable part of your life. What specifically made it what it was, made it so great for you? Um, so um, I, I really like the team atmosphere of uh, this whole endeavor. So like, uh, basically you get supported by your teammates, you swim with your teammates, you go like eat and study with your teammates, and it's always like you never feel alone. Whereas to like um, in other countries, like when I swam in Ukrainian swim team, it's more like an individual sport, but here you can feel like it's more like a team sport uh so that's what i really like and uh of course the college life um uh, to experience that from somebody abroad was uh was a fantastic and great experience that probably unmatched experience for you know if you would go to a university and swim somewhere else in uh in a other parts of the world you will never have that same great experience as you have in swimming in the united states i'd say yeah I am a little curious, you know, you, you got there in 2006, I think, uh, Four. what was it? You got there in 2004. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. and you swam through 2008. What was it like training under Ray at that time? 
Well, uh, I think he was uh, still a young and very ambitious coach, as opposed now he's a superhero coach, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, and he was still trying different kind of ways. Like we experiment with like a lot of dry land or like getting up super early, like to like get more yardage done. Like I remember that 515 practices, that was like pretty brutal for me. Yeah, and we even made an agreement that he allowed me to come at six, but I had to give my best in every practice. And I, I, I guess I said, yes, he was actually, he gave me that. It was very tough, very tough practices. And uh, it was hard to uh, study and uh, work out, like work like he wanted us to work at the same time. I remember some people just couldn't do it. And we had, we were, even lost a couple of uh, the members of the team during this whole year. But uh, most of people stayed, and uh, it, it wasn't easy. They even invited a Marine guy, like guy from Marie who, who like, served in Marines to do our dry land, kind of like they do do there in the Army uh, in, during the boot camp. That was brutal, too. I remember how my, like, my abs hurt for, like, a week straight after that. I don't know. It was uh, it wasn't easy, but it was fun at the same time. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean that that makes sense. I feel like that's a lot of people's college experience uh, in yeah. swimming, at least. You know, it's it's a grind. You have to work hard, but but it's a, it's an overall fun, enjoyable experience. I'm also curious. Again, your your father was an Olympic champion in the 1980 games. He won gold the 200 butterfly in Moscow and silver in the 400 IM. He's also a world championship medalist, European champion. Uh, how did, how did having Sergei Fasenko senior as a father impact your drive for swimming and your swimming career? Uh, it was a big responsibility. And um, of course it was a, a big impact and a drive for me. But at the same time, it also added pressure. Like, I want to be like him. And unfortunately, I couldn't accomplish all that. And, uh, like, that makes me feel unaccomplished somewhat. And um, always kind of was like a hope. Like, his, his, uh, his posture was like a, like a ghost. Ghost, like, during my whole uh, swim career. Like, he followed me with all his, like, medals and all his titles, you know, and I was like, I really wanted to be like that. But I mean, I did what I did and I'm happy with what I did. But at the same time, as I said, uh, I wish, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish nothing else than I had, but uh, it might have been different if I was just a, like if my father was just a simple swimmer that had no Olympic experience or anything like that. But um uh, I mean, it is what it is, and what happened. I'm I'm happy for everything that happened to me. Um, I don't know what else I can say about it, unless you specify any other question. I can figure out what to say. <laughs> did Did your father encourage you to swim? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was always in the swim meets. He would even uh, want to come to China to watch me swim in Olympics. So yeah, he was a big supporter. Uh, but not as a coach. Uh, he never coached me, though. Only when I was seven years old, he, he taught me how to swim. But that's about it. I always had some other coaches. But as a that's... supporter, yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's really great to hear. Uh, I mean, you, you competed in three Olympics. 
I'm, I'm, I'm reading 2000, 2004 and 2008. Do you feel like, yeah. <clears throat> did you have a favorite of those three or did you have the, uh, a best experience at one of those? Yeah, the best one was in 2004 in Australia. First, because it was first one. And second, the way everything was set up, uh, very athlete friendly, uh, like very unusual. Everything was just like, I don't know, top notch, like food in the restaurants, like Olympic Village, the buses and the, like everything the way they organized, I guess. And then the um, second uh, one was uh, probably China and then Athens. If you put them in line of the the like a best, better, no, no, good, better, best. No, best, <laughs> better, good. Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, nice. Um, so the, on the topic of Olympic games, um, obviously there's a war happening, uh, in Ukraine right now involving Russia that has trickled into the sporting world. Uh, and there's a lot of discussion and argument about whether Russian and Belarusian athletes should be able to participate in the upcoming 2024 Paris Olympics. Um, so I, I'd like to turn the conversation to that topic. And <clears throat> first of all, just you who are from Ukraine, how, how have have you been impacted by this war? And, and if so, how? Okay, so uh, this is very terrible uh, war. Uh, it's, uh, it's unspoken what Russians do in Ukraine with our women and children. I don't want to go very far into it because it's, it's a hard topic, but... Um, uh, to answer your question short, I, I don't think Russian athletes supposed to be represented in any competition until the war is over and everything is figured out. Uh, and uh, about the Olympics, like they, so a lot of Ukrainian athletes already died defending Ukraine. So technically, Ukrainian athletes dying, defending Ukraine, their country, so they cannot represent Ukraine in Olympic Games because they're dead. And Russians, who are, of course, not fighting, they, they have somebody else fight for, for them in war, the athletes. They're just going to go to Olympics and uh, just, like, you know, freely smile and run at the time where all Ukrainians are getting killed. I don't see, like, how it's even like coincides with the olympic party that says that olympic is for peace you know it's for peace like a basically predetermination of olympic is a peace in the world and that's why it's like basically created how the country that started this war in the middle of 21st like in the beginning 21st century in our era can be like consider even considered to be a part of olympics i don't know I really don't know. I'm strongly against it. Well, first, because I'm Ukrainian, but second, because I'm a human being, you know. And uh, as to talking that they're athletes, they're preparing, they have nothing to do with war. But they didn't say any word about that they're against it, right? So like, if you're a Russian athlete, you know, if you're against war, you know, try to go to a different country and try to compete for that country, for example. You know, but competing for Russia, I don't see like how it how it's possible in the Olympics. And if if they do, 
I think that many countries will not even come and uh, try to participate because they will be strongly against it. And the Olympics not going to be like full. Uh, they're not going to be real Olympics, so to speak. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if I answer all the questions. Please correct me if I didn't, so I can add add to what I've already commented. Sure. Um, I guess my first follow up would be: Ukraine has spoken about boycotting the Olympics if Russian and Belarusian athletes are allowed to compete. Do you feel like this would be a good move for Ukraine, and do you feel like it would make a difference if the Ukrainian athletes did, in fact, boycott? I never heard that Ukrainian athletes uh, are going to boycott. You, I've just, it's the first time I'm hearing it from you. So I had no time to kind of think <laughs> about it. But I think it will be a good message to uh, International Olympic Committee and to other people who make decisions um, about whether Olympics should be and how they're supposed to be conducted. Um, but uh, I think it would be the right move to do if, in case if this will happen. We we still don't know what's going to happen. We still don't know how it's all going to be. But I feel like yeah, if Olympic International Olympic Committee would allow that, then uh, non-participation of Ukraine would be a right move to to do. Yeah, as long as, as also maybe other countries like Poland. Uh, Estonia, Lithuania, Latvia, maybe will they support uh, Ukraine as well? They already talked about it, if you remember, if you've seen that on news. So I guess that's a big possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to to follow up on that, um, so, you, I mean, you said you don't think Russian Belarusian athletes should be able to participate in anything until the, the war is over. Do you think there's a middle ground for athletes where where both Ukrainian and Russian and Belarusian athletes could participate somehow uh you know do you do you feel like there is a theoretical middle ground for athletes there at all or do you do you do you think it's a pretty hard line I think it's a very hard line as I said you know like uh, one Ukrainian athlete who's like parents or like loved ones other like people he know got killed and uh now he speaks like trying to find common ground with this russian kid uh and what this russian kid supposed to tell to ukrainian guy oh i'm sorry about our government but i'm still want to come to olympics and participate i'm sorry or what i just i just don't know what he's supposed to say like how he's supposed to find ground you know when their counterparts, their countrymen, basically uh, doing all that in my country. I just, I just don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to. I mean, uh, we know that this happened before in the history, right? But uh, I don't know. This time it's hard for me. Maybe because I'm from Ukraine. I, I can't answer. I can't answer. I'm sorry. Sure. No, no, that's 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 totally fine. I mean, I appreciate. I appreciate the insight you've given so far um, because you do have a unique perspective on this situation, especially, you know, from, from someone like me who's born and raised in the United States. Um, I know what's happening on the outside and I know what I hear from the news, but yeah, you, you offer a unique perspective to this situation. So I appreciate 
your your honesty and you, you giving the time for that. Looking at your swimming personally today, um, can you elaborate a little bit on on ways you're still involved in swimming and how you're looking to kind of jump back into this aquatic sphere? Yeah, I actually um, uh, one of the things is my son still swim like uh, swims. Uh, he's 12 years old. He swims for um, uh, Mason Manta Ray Club uh, here in Ohio. Uh, but uh, me, myself, uh, there was a situation uh, where um, um, my, my former father-in-law, he's a famous coach and a swimmer in the past. His name is uh, Mikhail Zubkov. And his uh, daughter, Katerina Zubkova, was also a part of uh, Indiana University and NCAA champion. So is he, he's here in the United States now, and uh, he's planning to do um, stroke analysis. Is when you film the swimmer and uh, you show all kind of like critical analysis of his stroke, different sections of his stroke, uh, power during uh, the stroke, how... how, how um, how hard you you do the stroke and things like that and uh, he puts it all in a big report gives to coach and coach can basically uh, based on this recommendation improve the swimming technique of a swimmer or give him other important advice uh, things like uh, uh, like the start the turns uh, also gets filmed and uh, basically uh, studied in details and then you can have, you can see by numbers where you can work more on on your little things and it does help uh, during the big competition you you get your time improved so that's that's what we plan to do for university of cincinnati or xavier university for free to kind of show what we can do and then uh, maybe somebody else would want to order that like they did before with uh, gennadius everybody know gennadius so uh, for you personally, what do you feel like you have to offer? I mean, obviously, you're you're a student of the sport. You were in swimming for a long time. You swim at a very high level. Uh, are, are there parts of this specifically that you feel you bring to the table? Yeah, first of all, of course, uh, I am. I'm a university educated here in the United States as opposed to uh, Mikhail. He's, uh, his English is not completely like uh, fluent. So my, my function would be to work with people like a manager, explaining, like talking in English, of course. And uh, also, like based on my own experience, I might, you know, maybe show the mistake uh, kind of like in the water or somewhere else, try to explain it. Maybe like uh, based on my experience, uh, tell what I felt when I did this and that and that move. Uh, something like that. Maybe Maybe that will help somebody and uh will help my uh, former father-in-law to kind of like figure out what to do here in the united states because right now he has nothing to do and has big ambitions in the sport of swimming so that might work for both of us who knows does it excite you to dive back into swimming in that form uh after having you know not been involved with it for for a while other than your son swimming Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. It's good to, first of all, even uh, speak with people like you uh, um, and then also meet uh, my uh, coaches and maybe my former 
uh, swim uh, friends who swam with me and now they're coaches. And uh, it's just basically an ability to kind of dive in and maybe even start swimming myself on the master's level to, like, you know, try all this methodics we're trying to provide for other people, uh, you know, maybe win a medal uh, in masters because I do start gaining weight and uh, gain, gaining weight and I need to kind of keep myself in shape. So that, that may be a good uh, good start for it. You know, nothing happens for, everything happens for a reason. So maybe this is also happening for a reason, I wish. Yeah, I mean, this sounds exciting. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to keeping up with it and seeing if, if you guys are able to put on a an NCAA Rose show and and hit hit a lot of different colleges with this um, technique analysis, just because I think it's important and I think a lot more people are accepting it nowadays and, and willing to make those changes and look at the video and see how they can make those little critiques that, as you said, make a big difference at the end of the season. Uh, well, again, Sergey, I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat. Um, once again, any any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Well, just just stay positive and uh, you know support Ukraine if you can. <laughs> so I want to say and swim fast for everybody who swims. Swim fast, swim smart, and uh, you know just um, improve every day. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.